less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor Deep Dive. Welcome back to the Cash Flow Contractor. Oh, okay. Uh, we're all about less stress, more time, more money, right, Martin? Yes. Are you stressed out this week? You know, actually, I kind of am because I'm going to Mexico tomorrow for a week and uh, officiating a wedding down there, which you're gonna, is great. You're going to have a Corona down there? Uh, yeah, there's some white <laughs> kind with a lime in it, Mexican Corona. Yeah. The, uh, actually, I won't, but the, there will be plenty of it, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's the purpose of business is to live your life outside of business. But boy, does it jam things up the week before and the week after. So a little bit stressed, but. Yeah. It's a good kind of stress. Good kind of stress. You're about to blow it all. It's a good kind of hurt. Yeah. Good. Well, um, yeah, I am excited to talk about this today. And it's such a cool topic, the evolution of a business owner, because you fit into it. You know, if you, you are in the evolution of a business. You're owner. always you're in that in evolution. You Even know? if you're not in business. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's really, well, as long as you work, right? As long as you were. Yeah. Well, no, it can actually start as being a student. Sure. Okay, if you've already been all the way through the evolution, you are either in it or have been through it. Yeah, there you go. And I I think uh, what's interesting to me is it really helps you understand, um, you know, where not only where you are right now, but what you've been through and what the potential is for the future. And I think for a lot of people... That light at the end of the tunnel doesn't seem that bright, but I think when you understand the evolution of a business owner, it's a little bit brighter. Right. Um, which is always really helpful, uh, not just in work and in business, but in life. Just to have that light at the end of the tunnel is really helpful. So, um, you've got a good story for us, and yep. you know we were talking about it beforehand. Pool builder. Um, why don't you share a little bit about? Well, he he's a good example. I could, if I sat and thought, I could come up with probably literally hundreds, but uh, it's a pool builder uh, who was, well, he was in the pool business. How's that? <laughs> and he did everything around pools, service, refurbished pools, put new liners in pools, mm-hmm. wanted to be into building new concrete pools. And he was doing everything himself. And if you were to follow him around on a, any given day from, say, mid-spring to late autumn, you would be exhausted just watching him. Yeah. You'd be exhausted watching his GPS on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. Um, he did. He had to do sales calls. He did service calls. He did uh, go-backs on service calls when things weren't done right. He had to arrange uh, labor and mm-hmm. uh, contractors to do refurbishments. Uh, when those didn't go right, he go, had to go handle problems. And then he had to go back and draw up the pools and the jobs bid them, then he had to go out and do the bids. And so he was just, I mean, you talk about your 80 hour weeks. It really was 80 hours. <laughs> I'm sure that resonates with a lot of people. Any business owner probably feels a lot of that stress. Right. Yeah. Well, it, the big part of it is he's doing all of it himself. Mm-hmm. And so in order to uh, alleviate some of the problems, he did what a lot of us do. He thought, well, I need to hire somebody. Yeah. So he actually hired a couple of somebodies primarily to take over the service work. What kind of employees like? Uh, these are, we'll, we'll call them laborers. I mean. Like a lower level. Right. Uh, good guys and so on. Sure, but, but as far not, as like not skill. trained or yeah. skilled 
in any particular way. Any training why why would he hire? Because of those kind of guys you can get. <laughs> Actually, he asked himself many times, why would he hire those guys after he had Is it kind of like hiring a heartbeat? It was literally hiring a heartbeat. Gotcha. You know, so, somebody who's available who said, yeah, I'll work for $12 an hour and go clean pools. Gotcha. Anybody can do that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out, no. Mm -hmm. And what, what he found out was he hired a couple of guys to take over service routes for him yeah. to free him up to do bids and so on. And instead of reducing his workload, it increased it. Because they Why? were doing more pools, right. but they were also messing more things up. He was getting calls from clients and he said, well, that man you came out, he didn't even clean out the skimmer. You know, and so my client would say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get out there. there and do it. I'll be so, right there. And he has to protect his reputation so he's driving 25 miles diagonally across town. Mm -hmm go take care of a problem that a guy created. Mm -hmm. So the guy actually created, in many instances, more problems than they resolved. Yeah. So it was a little bit theoretical that, hey, I can have more crews and I can get this work done. And what really happened was he had more work and literally, in his case, he made less money. Yeah, because you're not only do you have more problems and you're working more, but right. you're paying for those problems, essentially. Right. You're <laughs> yeah, you're paying for the right to create those problems. <laughs> and it, that's, a, that's kind of a natural evolution. Um, well, and then you think, not only are you paying for the people, but the trucks. You know, you used to be just running your own supplies. truck. That now you've you have got to, to worry twice about... twice as much equipment. Yeah. Twice as many warranty issues. Yeah. And so... That, that's really common, common. You bring people, oh, and the guys wouldn't show up. Oh. I mean, well, sometimes yeah. we actually, I said, hired a couple, literally probably hired about 10, but had a couple at any given time, mm. right? Because guys would show up and- uh, You have to let fire and they, them and then get- Well, I had a flat tire, battery died in my truck, I couldn't get to work this morning, mm -hmm. or my wife's leaving me, or my husband's leaving me. I'm just, right. no end of human problems of people who uh, put other things, are not engaged in their work, let's say that. And so if a guy doesn't show up, then my client had to go run the whole route. Right. And, and eventually you basically reach like a tipping point. Yeah. Where it, you're like, I, can I, do I keep doing this? That's, that's literally uh, what we call the push through or the tipping point is you get tired of that mm -hmm. and there you have a decision to make. Yeah. Am I going back to do what I did with just me? Yeah. Or am I going to go push through to get to the point where I can actually make money, hire good people, put in systems and processes, get a manager, a quality manager, project manager, let's say, to oversee these daily issues so that I can go on and work on the business right. for more high-end stuff. So everybody who advances it all in business will pass through that point. Yeah. This is a good point to bring up the change formula, right? Because that's right. exactly what the tipping point is here. It's you, you, what is the equation? I forgot. Uh, well, it. We call it dissatisfaction times vision has to be greater than resistance or pain, same thing, pain plus, ple plus pleasure. Right. So what you don't want and what you do want has to be greater than the resistance to change. Right. And in his case, obviously, he didn't want to keep working 80 hours mm -hmm. for no money, managing people, getting his reputation ruined. Mm -hmm. And his vision, of course, was more calm, less stress, more money. Yeah. You know, well, more time. I'm excited to talk about him a little bit more later. Um, the 
our topic is the evolution of a business owner, and we've talked about how it's it's really helpful to understand. But what is it? The evolution of a this isn't unique to our podcast. Robert Kiyosaki talks about it in his book uh, Cash Flow Contract, uh, <laughs> Cash Flow Quadrant, Cash Flow. No, why are you getting those mixed up, Martin? It, yeah, it is Cash Flow Quadrant. Yeah, that's not the Cash Flow Contractor. Yeah. That's us. Yeah, that's I not know. Him. Yeah. Well, I'm getting old. <laughs> but the idea is um, that you pass through a series of stages right. when you go into business, and uh, the stages that we talk about are different than what Kiyosaki does, but they are first an employee, then to self-employed, then to what we'll call and define a manager, then to what we'll call an owner, then what we'll call an investor, and then ultimately an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. So that is the actual, uh, the steps as we describe them. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to dive in deep to those, but you know, you know, some big questions is, you know, what, why is this important? You know, I've touched on how it's helpful to be aware of these things, how it can help you to, you know, maybe see that light at the end of the tunnel, but why do you, why does it matter? Well, I mean, that, that is it. If, if, if you're living Groundhog Day every day and you're just handling <laughs> problems and you get, you, you get desperate, there, there has to be a reason, there has to be a purpose, there has to be a vision. We yeah. talk a lot about vision and that's a long-term vision about what you want. These are subsets of that. Right. Okay, I'm here. I know I'm going to have to go through this. And another thing about it, when you do confront the problems that you hit each time you move from phase to phase, mm-hmm. there's a tendency to be down on yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm messing this up. I can't do it. Why is this happening to me? And the point I want to make, and there's comfort in this, it happens to everybody. Yeah. There is probably somebody out there it hasn't happened to. Mm-hmm. I just haven't met them. So when you know, when you understand that this is normal, this is natural, therefore I'm not at fault, the next step is what do I need to do to move from one stage to the next and then do those things. Yeah. So it's helpful to know what they are, to be aware of it mm-hmm. and to know what the steps are so that you can actually go through and make advances. Right. I, I think also it's, it's really helpful to understand where you've been. I think so much of maybe it's our culture here in America, but so much of what we go through is this ambition to do bigger and better and greater. And if you you can just take a step back and reflect on where you've been as a business owner, as a contractor, you'll be surprised at everything that you've gone through. Uh, You'll be surprised at like, oh my gosh, like I can't remember, I remember how challenging that was and how I was able to actually get through that. And it can serve as motivation and even a, a framework of how to keep moving forward if you're able to look back at what you've done. I, that's just an excellent point, and it's almost universal. People all the time look at something they can't do or they don't have or that they want and they're striving for, and they get it, and then they, you can't see this because they're not on TV, but they throw it over their shoulder. Right. I'm making a gesture of throwing it over your shoulder. And forget about it. Yeah. Oh, that was easy. If I could do it, that's done. What else can I not do? Well, one of the problems is if you're always looking forward at things that you can't do or you don't know how to do, uh, some people respond to that with a challenge. A lot of us do, but it can be exhausting Mm -hmm. if all you're ever doing is looking at things that you haven't done yet that you don't know how to do. If you look back to see how far you've come, Mm -hmm. uh, you can give yourself a rhetorical pat on the shoulder and say, wow, 
I've actually accomplished something. Yeah. And because I've done that, I'm probably keep on doing these other things as I go forward. Absolutely. So it's really important. It gives you the confidence. And if you're not doing it, you know, it, it, you can destroy your self-image and be so critical of yourself to where you will burn out and you will quit. Yeah. And one just real quick one in passing, and I will talk about it later, but is if you've been in business for any length of time, maybe two, three or five years. Right. Think back to what you would have. Look at your sales. Maybe I'm doing 500,000, maybe a million, maybe 10 million. Look back to when you started and say, what would I have thought yep. if I would have done 10 million, 1 million, 500,000, 10 million? What would I have thought then? I've asked that to so many people now. Never even believe that they could have done it. Now it's routine. Yep. You're dismissive of it, typically. And you're looking at the next step up and saying, I got to get there. Yeah. So give yourself give yourselves credit. Absolutely. So... We talk about this evolution from all the way from employee to investor, eventually entrepreneur, potentially. Um, what is like the length of time that someone has to take to go through all these stages? I mean, I'm sure that's what people are thinking. Like, it's eleven days. Eleven days. Okay, eleven so days what's per day stage. One? <laughs> oh no. Um, good question. It depends on so many things. Sure. Uh, obviously, your workload, where you are right now, what you know right now. It begins with awareness. How long does it take you to be aware that I, <laughs> I want to change and what do I need to know to change? Yep. So that could be an epiphany that you have one day. Yeah. Or it could take a series of years before you decide, hey, you know, I'm not happy with this. I want to change. So right. it starts with that. And then um, what do you have to learn and how quickly can you learn it? You're always going to have distractions. But... So it, it varies, I mean, obviously. Sure. But, but it's, the way to speed it up is to have intent. Yeah. I am not happy or not satisfied. Might be happy, hopefully you are. I'm not satisfied here. I want to evolve. I want to move. What do I have to do? And then how long does it take? You have to read books. You have to yeah. uh, go to webinars. You have to uh, do the things that we talk about in the cash flow contract about managing your financing, fan finances, get your marketing in order, all these things, those can happen relatively quickly or they can drag out for years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's also important to recognize that it's probably not going to be 11 days. Uh, I was kidding. Oh, I know. You, I was being I know you were kidding, but I know people are literally thinking right now, man, I... I want to get, I want to become an investor. I want to get up to that entrepreneur status. You know, how can I evolve faster? And I think something that's really important to recognize is that if you are trying to speed this up too fast, you're going to make mistakes that'll make it crumble. You know, you can't just like, I can't go out and run a marathon without training. You know, I'm going to probably hurt my muscles, maybe get injured. You know, I've got to build up to that. Same thing happens here in this evolving from stage to stage. You have to do it in the proper way. Uh, because you can't fake it till you make it through the evolution, right? Well, you have to assimilate. Uh, Benjamin Franklin said the way to an education is reading, meditation, and discourse. And by discourse, it sounds like he means talking, but what he meant was doing. Mm -hmm. So you can read about something, which we now watch rather than read. Or listen. Go part, Or listen, right? Yeah. Uh, so you hear about it, you have to consider it, and then you have to experience it. Right. Because it's... Everybody here knows thinking about something is different than doing something. Absolutely. And you learn through the doing. So there just is an amount of time that it takes. Yeah. 
That's and you're right. It won't be 11 days. It won't be 11 days. I can almost guarantee it. Um, okay. And what's, how do you, how do you move from one stage to the next? I mean, you basically just gave us, you know, you know, learn, reflect, do. Right. Um, but what are some other things well, that kind of the easiest, uh, and it's changes from stage to stage, obviously, but how can we accelerate the evolving by beginning with with intent, under it first becomes understanding where you are, yeah, and using each stage to advance you to the next. Okay, so this might be a really good time to to start describing the attributes and what you can learn at each stage. And so we started with employee, and by definition, an employee is somebody who trades time for money. Mm-hmm. They are not leveraged. In other words, if they're not working, they're not making money. Right. Um, they might have an investment or something, but as an employee. So what can I learn there? I'm yeah. not, I've not even begun my journey. Well, an employee who is aware and wants to become an, ultimately an entrepreneur can say, hey, why I'm here, what can I learn? Well, what can you learn as an employee? Yeah. Well, you begin to learn that when you're selling your time, you have to take instruction from somebody else. You have to learn that you have to be polite to customers, yeah. deal with the public. You have to learn that somebody might chew you out for making a mistake. Uh, there are myriad things that you learn as an employee, which by the way, not to be political about um, the minimum wage thing, but this is why people argue that a low minimum wage, I mean a high minimum wage is damaging because an employer who wants a completely unskilled person uh, high school kid, sure. something like that, uh, can't afford 15 bucks. That high school kid loses the opportunity to learn. To learn, not just it's making money. It's the first money, rung on the ladder, and yeah. you just broke the first rung on the ladder. Right. So that's not political. That's just an observation of uh, you. That's where it begins when you. I'm sure you can think of other things you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we're, well, let's start diving into each of these stages, and we, we kind of already are with the employee one. So we've got these six stages: employee, self-employed, manager, owner, investor, entrepreneur. Let's we're going to dive into what it is, what you can learn in each stage, and what are the drawbacks of this stage. So we're talking about employee, what it is, what are the advantages? You've given us a ton right now. You know, I I think the advantages of employee, and I would even put you know, intern in this category, like there are so many opportunities out there for people. If you're young and you're listening, like there's something, um, I'm going to forget the name of this, but it's called the, um, the unapproved internship or something like that, where you don't ask for permission or maybe permissionless internship. That's what it's called. So you don't ask for permission. You go and you find a company that you admire, that you want to work for, that you want to do X for, and you go and you say, hey, what's something that if I were working there, I would actually be doing? So let's say that you know you really want to be uh, helping them with marketing or you want to help them with um, you know, some sort of project. Go and actually do that without their permission and act like you work there. And then go and present it to them. Hey, I saw that there was this problem in your business and this is what I did to solve it. I'm not sure if it actually solves it, but I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. If you approach any business owner with that, they're gonna be like, who are you and how can I hire you? Right. And you're gonna have so much learning from that experience. And you, yes, you weren't getting paid, but the, the value of the, the experience 
and the knowledge that you gain from that is worth so much more the than any minimum any wage you can take. Initiative too. Oh, absolutely. That's why the employer is interested in you. Exactly. Whoa. Initiative. Whoa. Yeah. Well, there are uh, a whole list, and we could do a thing on it. Of when I ask people, own business owners, which I've done frequently, yeah. what to describe an ideal employee, mm-hmm. they say, smile, engaged, like to learn, not disruptive or cooperative, yeah. selfless. I mean, I could. I've got the actual list. Uh, and when I do that exercise with groups of business owners, I say, are you done? Well, they keep on going, but they start repeating mm-hmm. the same things. You know, but team, team workers willing to do a little extra. Yeah. Uh, as they go through that list, I say, you done? And they say, yeah. I said, you realize you never said truck driver, machine operator. <laughs> and they don't. Yeah. They don't ever the say that. They never. say those attributes. Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking for when I say, what do you not like an employee? It's the same kind of thing, gossip, you know, troublemaker, not engaged, you know, leaves early, won't, does the bare minimum, yeah. all, you know, doesn't, wants all the credit, doesn't give credit, blames people, all those things. So as an employee, you can learn what is valued in the marketplace. Yeah. And you can learn the attributes from your fellow employees of what makes a good employee, what makes a bad employee, begin to recognize that kind of thing so that when you... Are hiring employees you've seen it a little you're not getting conned by the interview yeah. because you've been been around a little bit so much to learn as an employee the drawback to being an employee is well I, I think there's some advantages still we, let's go into drawbacks in a second but I think um, what people don't realize is that it's you're making you're getting the opportunity to make mistakes without a majority of the consequences yes you can get fired and you know, yeah, if we're not really if we're not talking about somebody you know really young, maybe you already have a family and you are an employee right now. You know, you don't have the stress of owning the business. You you don't have the consequences of you know mistakes, small mistakes. Obviously, you do something crazy, you are going to get fired, and then you do have the consequences of you know not making money and needing to provide for your family. But for the most part, you're actually in a really good spot. Insulated. You're insulated from all from the, the different serious things. consequences. The serious consequences of you know going bankrupt and you know all these different things. Um, I think also something to recognize as an employee is that you have the opportunity to you know really branch out and try new things without like the the consequences again. Like as a business owner. You do get to try new things, but you ultimately have you have like serious obligations of I'm just doing this and I've got to get this done so that we get paid, right? As an employee, the reality is once you get really good at your job, you do have extra time in your job. We all know that. And you get the opportunity to kind of branch out and try new things. Well, you also have the easy, frictionless way to change jobs. You yeah. say, hey, I wanted to do landscaping, and that's not for me. I want to go try sure. home building and go work for a home builder Yep. without having to settle all your debts and close your accounts and create new LLCs and all that stuff. Absolutely. So you get to explore the things that you like. And, really good and not just not just in, uh, in different industries or different you know companies, but even in your company, you have that opportunity to explore different things that I think... Maybe whenever you're at that investor stage, um, 
in a business or an owner, you have that freedom to look at. But for the most part, when you're self-employed or manager, you don't really have those opportunities because just like a, an owner investor has the time to work on the business, not just in it, a really skilled employee who knows their job really well has the time to work in their job, but also the time to kind of work on their job, on their career in a really easy fashion where they don't feel chained to something. Um, so almost like liquidity is, I guess, what I'm thinking. Like it's very fluid how you can operate. Um, so, but there are drawbacks, right? Right. So what? Well, what the are drawbacks, your drawbacks are your. Uh, there's no leverage. We mentioned that. In right. other words, you're getting paid for your hours. Right. And so you're, if if you quit or if you are injured, yeah, you're, you don't have any money coming in. Right. There's no multiplier. You're going to make the most that if somebody at your skill level, whatever the, maybe you make the top dollar for it, but mm-hmm. $20 an hour, maybe it's $50 an hour, or whatever it is, but that's what you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the, that, that's one of the biggest drawbacks is um, you're trading time for money yep. and you're, you're not leveraged. Yeah. I, I think um, something that I see as a drawback a lot of times, and it totally depends on your mindset, but people get stuck as an employee. There's, there's, and sometimes that's what they want. You know, they're happy with making this much money. That's because they're staying. not following the evolution of a business. Aren't they? Exactly. Um, they're, they're happy where they're at. But if you're, if you are ambitious and you do want to start a business, you can get stuck. You can get stuck with a bad boss. You can get stuck in a with bad coworkers. You can get stuck in something that feels meaningless. Um, you can get stuck in a way where you need that money because you've chosen a certain lifestyle with your family and you need to make X amount of dollars and there's no opportunity to just leave and start your own thing where you're not making much money, um, you can get stuck uh, really easily as an employee. And so I I think for me, that's the biggest disadvantage. I had a uh, CEO of a company here in Oklahoma tell me 150,000 a year was the worst amount of money you could ever make. Oh, I believe it. And he said uh, 150,000 in Oklahoma at the time I was talking to him was pretty good money right he said but that's not near what I could do he said but I got a lake house I got a boat and he said so it's kind of like you know exactly so yeah you can get stuck yeah that's that's what I see is it it really changes your mindset is becomes fixed not infinite um, as an employee so Um, but yeah people that are as an employee right now and they want to go into that next stage of, hey, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to become self-employed. I think there's some things that uh, they can learn from this next stage as we talk about it and how to involve into it. So when you're self-employed, what do you typically see with contractors as they make that step? Well, first of all, what it, what it is is you've, you, you're still an employee, but you're working for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened there uh, as self-employed is that actually... Uh, you've taken on a lot of negatives and you don't know that you necessarily have any positives, right? right? So you're still working, trading time for money for the most part. For the most part, yeah. But now you're unsure of being paid. Yep. Because your old boss had to pay you. Yep. You don't have to. Nope. uh, Pay yourself and and oftentimes it's because you can't pay yourself. So you're still not leveraged because uh, it's still you doing the work. Mm-hmm. And if you leave or are injured or something like that, the, the money quits. But self-employed is a magnificent 
uh, learning step yeah. in the evolution of a business owner because first of all, you have to learn things like taxes. Well, I'm going to be a, a what? An LLC, a LLC, a partnership? What What am I? Why do? How do I do that? Where do I figure that out? And you learn well, everything, all the four areas. Yeah, all the four areas of business. Um, how do I get business? And oh, here's a surprise. I did the work and that jerk didn't pay me. <laughs> what? How, I've had people who aren't business owners. Yeah. I bring up that idea of not being paid. Well, P.S. I got I get paid. Yeah, come on. I Go on over and find out where the real world is. Yeah, I, I think that this, the self-employed out of all of these stages, in my opinion, is the one where you can learn the most. Where you can literally not... The main reason is because you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be thrown into so many uncomfortable situations and you're going to have to do something about it. And it's going to force you to be decisive and try things that you've never done before more than any other area. Maybe not than entrepreneur, um, but you're going to learn so much in a really short amount of time. And every day is going to be filled with learning and yeah. problems. May, may you lead an interesting life, the old Eric curse. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be real interesting a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. It's not all a curse, but yeah. it's a surprise. And I think if you take that as that, if you if you take that aspect of it as an advantage, as something that is really a good thing and you like to learn, this can be one of the most fruitful stages of your life where you're going to really take in so much. Now, there are drawbacks to that, though. Right, where you're going to learn all these different things and it's great, but when you get overloaded, that's when stress hits in. I think this can be an extremely stressful thing, right? I mean, how many self-employed people do you know that are stressed out? <laughs> well, well, the ones that are still alive, no. <laughs> no, it is. It's, and, and this is one of the reasons it's good to be aware of the evolution of a business owner because you realize that all you're going through is part of the process. Yeah, it's not the rest of your life. But this, your point that this is probably where you learn the most. Yeah, uh, because now you are confronted with all four areas. You are the one making the decisions. Yeah, as an employee, somebody else you make decisions, but somebody else is directing your activities. You're also not necessarily concerned with where did the sales come from mm -hmm. and who's keeping the books and do they pay the taxes and do they have an employment. Mm -hmm. They have you know insurance and it, I mean it would be good as self or as an employee that you heard of all those things yeah but you're actually confronting having to learn about them and do them at the self-employed level absolutely and what I see a lot of times also is people that have been employees are like you know what? I'm gonna go out on my own I can do this better you oh, know how many people have I heard say I thought how hard could it be <laughs> it's easy that guy makes all the money and I do all the work yeah. How hard could it be? Well, they always find out. They always find out. I mean, it it has its drawbacks. And I mean, it's not even things just like the four years of business. I think there's actually some really practical things that people don't realize. Like you you mentioned, you, it's not really a salary. It, you Sometimes you're not going to get paid. It fluctuates more. But even with that, like just getting like a loan, for example, when you're self-employed, and especially newly oh. self-employed. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I had to go through. Like... I was making enough money to, you know, get a, a decent mortgage and pay that mortgage really well. 
on a house. On a house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're not even eligible for two years. At least. And that's if you do your taxes right. Right. (laughs) Right. If you don't do your bookkeeping and your taxes right, and you're not able to prove, hey, I'm making this much as a salary, not just a contribution. This is a real subtlety, but it is since you said that. Yeah. Um, People generally, I mean, a lot of people run their businesses as if the sole purpose in life was to not pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're writing off your boat and your RV oh, and your man. four-wheeler and your new sofa and your big screen TV as business expenses, not only is that wrong, sure, even if it were slightly right, you you show no income. And then you decide you need to go and want to go buy that new house. You should say, well, you know, like you, you want to get a PPP loan here during COVID. <laughs> exactly. Well, you didn't make any money. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it looks like you want to buy this house and you made $1,500 last year. What, what's going <laughs> Yeah. And so well, I don't want to bog down into uh, um, that kind of detail, but that's a great example of the yeah. kind of detail that an, a, an employee seldom knows about that kind of stuff. Yep. And if they do know about it, they think, well, the boss, he writes off everything. Well, and I think there's other practical things just like, you know, hey, well, I want to take a vacation. Yeah, you can do that. But you're t- that work is coming with you. Yeah. That work is coming on, your vaca- yeah. With, yeah. on that vacation with you. And just, hey, I get to turn my own schedule. Yeah, you can sleep in if you want, but you're going to stay up too. Lori Grenier from Shark Tank. I said one of the other episodes, but she says an entrepreneur is somebody who works 80 hours a week in order to not work 40 hours a week. Yeah. Which you use the word entrepreneur, where it's self-employment. Exactly. Same thing. You get to direct your own schedule to work all the time. So th- there's a lot of drawbacks, but I think what's what's important to recognize is that, and I, I want to say you can build a really good self-employed business that has systems and processes and you have figured it out and you that's your lifestyle. You know, There's people that do that and they do it well. I, I don't know if that's what I want. That's a subjective thing, I think. But there is a different way. I, most people I know aren't really, really happy and satisfied and self-employed. Well, we're speaking to a broad audience, but there are elements of being... What you're talking about is leverage. And by leverage, you mean you accomplish more and more with less and less exactly. of your effort. Yep. So, for example, I wrote a book, which I'm going to plug all the time. I'm not going <laughs> to get rich on it. But I've written that book once, and it's out there, and it's available, and I can make money on that book. Yeah, I did the work once. Exactly. If I wrote a New York Times bestseller that was perpetual, if I wrote Harry Potter, yeah, I'm I'm done working. Yeah, exactly. Right, because I've I've got that leverage. So you, it is possible to do it. As a contractor, though, it's generally generally not not because yeah. I I really don't want to lim- limit people, but I really can't think. It kind of generally is not. Right. You build a house, you don't get the leverage that house it is. Yeah. You've sold it and you move The, on. the only way you can do it is your pricing allows you to charge extreme premiums and you're still working, but you're not having to work as much as somebody who doesn't know right. or doesn't charge as much as you do. That's yeah. the only way I can so, see yeah, it. at the self-employed level, it's it's pretty tough. There yeah. there probably are some recurring revenue models, but yeah, but it is the exception. So going into this manager stage, mm-hmm. I mean, what's usually like that tipping point that you kind of see in the self-employed person to become that manager? Well, from our from our uh, our story, our story, the, the the manager has employees. Okay, so uh, employee, yeah. self-employed manager. Manager means I'm managing somebody. 
And yep. In this case, we're talking about somebody, not something. One of the biggest surprises to business owners yeah. is managing people. Yeah. So <laughs> what? They're just like I was. I wouldn't hire me again. No, manager, why do you do that? You you do it to get some help. Hey, if I had somebody who could go take care of those service calls, in our example, or yeah, or go run the, or go pour the concrete, and I don't have to be there. Yep, it'd be great, man. That frees me up to do bids and work on the business. The realization that usually hits people is it doesn't work out that way. Nope. Because the people you hire, just as we described, uh, have their own lives. You're not their top priority, especially uh, mm -hmm. lower level or untrained people. They can be yeah. devoted to the company, but a lot of times low income means problems and the car won't start. Yeah. And I used to say I had an irrigation company. And if you're going to hire a 40 year old man for $7 an hour, there's a reason. And I yeah. won't go into all those reasons, but if you're a contractor, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, usually it has to do with jail or alcohol or drugs or some yeah. something. And those things bleed over and cause somebody that can't show up or, yep. hey, I'm a great worker, but oh, by the way, I won't have my driver's license back for two years. Yeah. Two years. <laughs> well, I can drive anyway. No, you can't drive. <laughs> so anyway, it doesn't work out quite the theoretical way. So right. that's the, the learning. And as we described a lot of times, if you have four people out working and three of them are messing stuff up, mm -hmm. you're creating three times more problems than you had. So now you got your own work, you're doing more jobs because you have more people, but more of those jobs are getting messed up. Yeah. As I said in the story, perhaps you're getting your reputation ruined mm -hmm. and you have to train them. You have to direct them every day when you go to work. Your first thing is, where are the guys going or the gals? Where, what's the job? How do they do? They have this stuff. Yeah. You know, can they buy parts at the supply house? Do they know what? Are they anyway? Yeah. Are they stealing from me? I hate to say that, but that happens all the time. Are they filling their trucks up on the mm -hmm. company credit card? You know, are they stopped for coffee? Every every contractor I ever know has stories about driving by and seeing his whole crew at the Seven Eleven drinking coffee, <laughs> and he drives back from his hour long appointment, and they're still there, and you know right how do I control all that so I think this is the you know this is the hardest push through in in as far as stress and um, just energy that you have to you yes. know give and time this is whenever you want to get past this stage uh, it requires the biggest push through because you really are still the self-employed person the employee in the business but now you've also got to manage people and that just takes things to a new level. And I think the biggest problem that I see with people, uh, kind of like this this pool builder uh, service provider that we talked about in the story, but they they think that what they have experienced and what they know, everyone knows is common knowledge. And so they hire someone thinking that they're you know they understand maybe not everything, but most things that they have experienced and understand. It's just not true. You have to. That you, this is when you start to realize, oh, systems are important. Well, one, one thing too, they, they may not understand fittings and hoses and chemicals. Understandable, but one of the things, that really subtle things that, is they may not understand, they have to be polite to the damn customer. Yep, yep. And, and announce that they showed up and announce that they're leaving and being clean cut. Those are some of the things, oh, I'm gonna have to teach them about fittings and hoses and chlorine. Yeah. And scale inhibitor, I can teach them that. But how do you teach somebody when people call up and say that guy was rude? 
Or that guy left a mess in my backyard. What? Yeah. How, you know, that's not something that you answer with a class that, right. or an hour heart-to-heart discussion. I mean, <laughs> you can have them and it might have an effect. But right. So they, they find all kinds of that kind of stuff. What is your phone doing there, Martin? That was Ethan's phone. I had it on silence, no, but the alarm but... went off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the the biggest drawbacks, I mean, it, it can get to a point, honestly, as manager, where if you do things really well, if you get systems in place, you hire right, you do training, you know, you push through those things, you can still live a really comfortable life and be pretty happy with where you're at. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people fit into that stage where they're semi, they're kind of in the evolution stage, they're in between manager and owner. Yeah, let's, and, let's and they just sit at that stage. The distinction between manager and owner, define manager a little better means you're still working in the business. Exactly. And I mean, you are managing the people. Yep. That That's the, our distinction between manager and owner is owner has stepped out and is not in the day-to-day. A large part of the time in the day-to-day operations yep. of the business. Right. And that's kind of where the push through comes through. For manager, you said the major tipping point because I've had countless conversations with people that said, damn it, I'm sick of this. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go back when it was just me and the truck. I'm just gonna do, or maybe one helper that they had. Yep. I had old Danny. Danny and I got more done than all these guys, and I made more money doing it. Yep. Okay, it's a, that's a choice. That's it's a choice. tipping point. You can do that, but remember why you tried to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're not leveraged. If something happens to you, you've got nothing to sell as a business. Yep. You you just do it until your back gives out, and then you're done. Yep. If you decide I'm going to go forward to the owner, then the real distinction is finding that manager or that help yep. that is really a help that can fill a managerial role and allow you to be an owner. Yep. It means you have to have, during the management phase, worked harder. But when I say you have to work more before you can work less because you have to put in the systems, you have to yep. find the right people. And if you could just put an ad out, I want the right person to do this, <laughs> and they answer, and you get them, easy. Yeah. But you might have to go through two, you might have to go through 20 yeah. before you find somebody. And you have to do it. That's that's the push through. If you want to come out the other side. Otherwise, yeah. you can just sell everything, go back to you and stand yeah. in the truck. I really, I really see, like I said, a lot of people staying in that manager spot because they can never, mm-hmm. they never find that manager that to take their place right. or they can never afford it. Or a big one is they're not willing to let go and they think they still think they can do it better. They still think that their way is the highway. Everybody else does it wrong. And they, they get so stubborn that they just stay there. And um, they end up having a business that's not worth much. They can sell the assets. Right. They, they end up you know never getting to spend the time that they wanted doing the things they wanted to do outside of work. And that's okay. For, for them, probably work has become their hobby. You know, and that's just, and if that's your prerogative, that's great. You know, do your thing. But if you want to become an owner, you have to be willing to let go well, a little bit. You say it's okay, and it, it is okay in that it's legal and moral <laughs> and ethical. But was it intentional yeah. that I'm going to work the rest of my life? If it was intentional, life, it's okay. Or am I intentional that I'm going to follow the evolution of a business, business owner? owner? 
and get out of this. Yeah. And it's normal to hang up there, but there will come a time in most people's life, really, age is part of it. Yeah. If you're 35 and doing this stuff, hell yeah. If you're 55, you're starting to think about it. If you're 65, <laughs> you're thinking, man, I should have done something a long time ago. Yeah. So being intentional about it either way, and that's the advantage of understanding that evolution yeah. is that this is where I'm going and I'm going to pull myself out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to bring somebody in that I can sell this thing to, or I'm going to sell yep. it to my employees, but or sell it to an outside yep. people. But yeah, and we we can mention this because uh, I know you actually have a really good article on this on your website. But really, this manager spot is hub spoke management, mm-hmm. where really you're the owner, but you're still the manager, and you're involved in every little thing of the operations. And what needs to happen is you've got to create systems so it's more cyclical management, right? To where then you can hire. A manager and become the owner so in this evolution into becoming an owner what what is an owner I know you've defined it as somebody who's able to step out and work on the business not in it well they're really else that you can fully help. leveraged working on the business not in it uh, getting to enjoy the less stress more time more yep. money and the reason is that they've installed more than just the people the the systems and processes they've got a business that can work they brought in people or a person in particular um, to replace them as the manager, yeah, who's who's taking care of the day to day, not just operations, but overseeing marketing and then all four yep. functions of the business. And now you are truly enjoy. I had a man in a mastermind uh, a few years ago. We met uh, once a week, and for three weeks he participated uh, by his virtually, iPad, virtually, and he turned it. He's in Costa Rica. And he'd turn his stupid iPad around because we could see him too, you know. And he's looking over his infinity pool at the ocean. Yeah. He's going, yeah, how's it going, boys? How's it there in Oklahoma? So he had achieved it. Yeah. Uh, he was still active in his business. Yep. But he also spent a month in Costa Rica sitting by that infinity pool. Yep. So his participation in work, which was our mastermind, was his choice. He did it because he liked it. He didn't yep. do it because he had to. He was obviously leveraged, had a great crew. They all love and admire him because he provided opportunities for him. Yep. So he just evolved beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you know the advantages of, of that are just the freedom. When it, if, if you're in that manager spot, there's really not the freedom there. Right. You're not experiencing that. And the business can run without you. You can do things that you want to do that you're intentional about. You don't have to do as many things and one, one thing too about the uh, owner it's, it's a subtlety they're still involved okay they're still determining the direction of the business yeah absolutely uh, probably still go to the office when yeah. they're not in Costa Rica still people still ask them questions so they're still active in the mm-hmm. in the business but they can come and go and, and have that freedom. Yeah, and I want to be also clear about this evolution from the manager to the owner, because in my opinion, I think this can be one of the longest evolutions. I mean, it depends, but I can see this one going on forever um, for most people because it is hard to find that one manager, and you're probably not, depending on the size of your business and how many different things you do, you probably won't find that one manager, but more of managers over different areas. Yes. Um, and you'll slowly have to fire yourself out of different areas and build systems for those areas. Um, and then as you become the owner, you're still going to be doing like 
50-50 manager owner and slowly stepping out. So it's, it, I just want to be clear that it's not a clean cut. Uh, it really is an evolution over time. Right. Um, so what are the, the drawbacks? You know, people are sitting here thinking like, man, owner sounds real nice. You know, and maybe they're in that owner stage. But like, what are the big drawbacks? Well, there aren't any. <laughs> no, there are some. No, you still have responsibility. You're still at risk. Um, you still... One of the, the biggest disappointments that will happen to you in business is you do find the right person. Yeah. And they're loyal and, they, and you love them and you're, they're confidants and you trust them and they resolve problems before you even know about the problems and they leave. I hate yeah. to do it, but my husband got transferred to Alaska and I'm going with him. Yeah. Uh, and so you still, you still have that, um, you, you still have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people really like that. Yeah. And, but the next step, you know, to move out of that. Where, well, I, I want to touch on a, a drawback, I think, from the, from the ownership side. And it's what you mentioned. I mean, you, you still have a high level of involvement on the business. You, you've kind of removed yourself from in it but no one's doing that on the business for you. Right. And so you still have some of those stresses of you know looking at the numbers all the time and being so involved that you know all the details. And I think a big difference for me is that you're probably still taking a salary as an owner um, for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're not, and you, you are taking some draws on the business, but you haven't been able to become self-sustaining on only the profit of the business and contributions in a healthy manner, uh, where you're still keeping money in the business to to grow and to invest in it. Um, and so you're, you're probably still stuck with a salary, um, in most cases is what I see. And so those are some drawbacks that I think about uh, before we move on to investor. So what is investor? Well, investor just, it can be a lot of things, but just simply stated in it, is you've got your money working for you. Mm-hmm. You, you own the company or you own a large part of it or you, whatever it is, you just simply have, you're, you're not working in that business anymore. Period. You may be interested, you may have binoculars and you're watching. Yeah, but uh, you're not man. showing up in the office. Yeah, you're not showing up in the office. You're just A lot of people don't even know you. Money. Yeah. People, that's that's a yeah. big sign, right? That yeah. you're a good investor is that people don't know you in the company. I had a, uh, a man who sold his business for a lot of money. He started it. And as he said, he put air in the tires on the truck before he... He loaded it, put air in the tires, and then ran around and delivered it. Well, the materials that he sold, and he went and sold it for many millions of dollars. He said the private equity firm told him after they closed the deal that they were convinced the day that they visited the warehouse and nobody knew who he was. Yep. And he was the founder. Exactly. Now, they knew who he was in the office, but guys in the warehouse, no clue. Yep. Yeah, I I think when you get to that level the advantages are that you really are on your own and you have complete freedom to do what you want. Now, obviously, you know, again, it's an evolution. It's not going to be, I think there's going to be people that are going to be part owner, part investor, you know, and working through that as they evolve into full investor. And it's, it's a letting go process. I mean, you really do have to start, I think, thinking about something else because if you are so tied to the business still, you're not going to want to be an investor. Uh, and that's okay. You don't have to be an investor. Again, this is something that you have to be intentional about with what you actually want and desire. Um, and But I, I do think for a lot of people that's a dream. Is like, oh, wow, like 
literally I'm just making money off of this that comes into my account every month and I don't even know what's going on. I mean, yeah. And it might be a dream, uh, but it is possible. It is. It, it is. is possible. Yeah. And so what are the drawbacks of being an investor? <laughs> well, if, I mean, your money's at risk, you know. Exactly. Uh, That's is, what I was is one thing about. and you've stepped out so you don't have the same uh, control and mm-hmm. don't maybe you don't like the direction the company's going and can you extricate yourself extirpate yourself get your money out and walk away yeah you know so there and there's always risk uh, just normal business risk yeah I, I think for a lot of people as they become investor that they probably lose a little bit of purpose in their life and I would consider that a drawback things might feel as meaningless because they've spent so much time growing the business and you know having a vision for it and when they step out as investor they lose a lot of that day-to-day meaning in their life right and so i think something that's really important during that stage is to find other things to invest in whether it's hobbies whether it's your children whether it's the community whether it's you know a new business uh, whether it's an entrepreneur that you can back uh, and be a part of their story um, mentoring people Think that's probably what your day to day probably looks a little bit more like. Yeah, a lot of guys driving around right now going to their next job are not thinking about no. opportunities to fill their time by mentoring people. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's typically what you see. Yeah, which, when as you go through your life and this evolution in your business, you're just learning volumes. Yep. Just volumes that other people could benefit from if you had the time to to teach them. I, I think. Learning is actually probably one of the things that becomes difficult at the investor stage because what happens is You're forced to learn as an employee as a self-employed person as a manager as an owner You're forced to learn things because you're put into those situations where we've got this problem We've got to find a solution But as the investor stage you've removed yourself from a lot of the day-to-day problems And yeah, there still are going to be problems with cash flow or whatever it is but you're not aware of the day-to-day problems and so you're not forced to learn solutions and so you have to really be intentional about going out and learning maybe it's learning about how to invest your money right all these different well, things well one of one of the steps uh, after you've you're an investor and you have mailbox money uh, follows along the lines of mentorship but is to become an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and as we define as somebody who uses other people's money other people will pay you to start and manage a business for exactly because you have the skill to do it because you've been through it it's been shown and proven they don't all they have is money mm-hmm. and I say that literally all they have is money yeah. money isn't worth much if somebody doesn't know what to do with it yep and so they can the next step then is to step become what we call the entrepreneur which is using other people's money to take advantage of the skills they learned by starting new businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's obviously something that you really have to want to do uh, because you're basically using all the experience to go back and do the same thing. And you probably can evolve through the through those stages a lot faster uh, because you've been through it, because you know right. what to do. And you're able to, from the beginning, with because you have capital, hire people. So you don't start at really self-employed. You more so start at manager and if you have a lot of money you can start with hiring a manager to right. where you are just owner you know um, but you probably are gonna have to get your hands dirty again for the most part um, 
and at least be at the owner stage, but more likely be at the manager stage as well. So um, I think that these are really cool uh, stages. Most people are going to be somewhere in the middle of these. I would imagine the manager, owner, maybe self-employed still. Um, but it's really good to be aware of these. So what I'd like to do is talk about our Mount Rushmore, <laughs> which is some of the best um, you know, people that we've seen evolve, or maybe they're entrepreneurs, right, that we know of uh, and kind of give our top two. So I'll start. Um, one of my favorite ones, and this is more of a big thing, not a contractor, uh, Andrew Wilkinson. And he's a really good follow on Twitter. Um, I don't know him personally, but just to see what he does with his businesses and how he operates is just really cool. And he talks about it a lot on social media, on Twitter uh, specifically. Um, but literally, he's to the, he's an entrepreneur. And he I think he started with an agency um, and grew that. And then he began acquiring other agencies. And then he started to realize that he had a skill for entrepreneurship, for delegation, um, and being able to recognize talent and then give them capital and let them run with it. And, you know, I, I want to get share a little bit of a story of something that he did recently. He created a software called Mailman. And it started because he was with his dad. And he recognized that his dad really didn't use his email, but really just checked the mail. And the mail would only come once a day because the mailman comes in the morning, drops off the mail, see you later. And uh, he started, he was sitting there working on his email and he was like, man, I wish my email only came once a day where just like the mailman or twice a day where it's like, oh, I get email in the morning, get email in the afternoon. And so he talked about the idea on Twitter to see if people liked it. And somebody approached him and said, hey, I'm a software developer. I love your idea and I want to work with you on it. So Andrew then takes all this money, gives it to him, meets with him for, you know, three hours a month about the idea. Fast forward a few months, they've got a software called Mailman that you literally down it. It's a plug into your your Gmail, and it literally blocks your email. Productivity increase. Oh yeah, it, it blocks your email from coming in until a certain time, and it just drops it. And you can have all these things where like there's a VIP list, like hey, if my manager emails me, I need to see it when it comes in, you know. But all the other things that you get email for. They only come in at the times that you designate. If you want it six times a day, once a day, once a week, whatever. Um, and so he developed that company, and now they're now they're selling it. They were in free beta mode. Now you're paying for it, and he created that business. And it's just really cool to see how that works, you know, live on Twitter. It was really fascinating. So that's one person I definitely put on the Mount Rushmore uh, for me. My Mount Rushmore, uh, Jack Stack. He's uh, wrote the great game of business and a stake in the outcome. He's pretty much my hero CEO. Um, he's out of Missouri. People might know who he is, but um, he bought out, he was working for a public company. When they started to go broke, he bought something out. He made it work. But more than that, he has started a bunch of, he had good talent coming up through the ranks and they'd hit a hard ceiling. So instead of uh, losing them or uh, confining them, condemning them to a life of, up against the ceiling, he would create spin-off companies that would become suppliers to his main company, and these these talented people could have their own company. Yep. Had to be competitive. Wouldn't buy from them because yep. 
but if, and then his main company owned a piece of that company. So he was just a fantastic um, in bringing other people along from employee all the way to CEO of their own company. company. That's awesome. Um, my next one is actually a good friend of ours, uh, Jeff Finney. Shout out to Jeff, the Push Through Podcast, if you're in woodworking uh, at all as a contractor. But uh, yeah, he. I mean, I got to start working with him uh, a little bit after you started working with him, Martin. Yeah, it's been, um, been a while. Since 2016, 2017. Um, man, just to see how much... He's grown from just, you know, working as an, literally going through all the stages, an employee of a contractor, decided to go and start his own woodworking business on the side, was self-employed with him and his brother. And it's just a really cool story. Now he's buying, uh, buying another cabinet shop. Yeah, probably close today. Today, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, which is a significant, you know, seven figure cabinet shop, uh, pretty big, uh, company he's buying and you know going to you know do all these uh this merge of his company with the other one and uh grow that business while he's also got another business on the side which is um components for cabinet shops nationwide but then he's got some other businesses where he you know does rental properties and just all these different things and i think he's an incredible person who has gone through these stages and is taking what he's learned and implementing it in new ways, uh, whether that's training employees, starting new well, businesses, the real whatever. interesting thing about Jeff to me is that when we first met, he was running a, a small shop, 8,000 square feet, doing a lot of it himself. I mean, he's obviously bright. Yeah. He uh, understands, you know, he's not averse to technology, either machinery or, or software to help manage machinery. But he was doing all that when we met. The idea was let's build a company big enough that he could sell it and wound up in a 25,000 square foot facility, improving all the time with the idea of building a company to sell it. He was learning more and more about finance and what it takes to, to finance the, the sale of a business and what you have to pay attention to. And then the opportunity came along to buy a business. So he's gone from actually being a woodworker to being a financial engineer and he's pulling it off. Yeah. You know, one of our favorite things about Jeff is he has early onset. Um, That's not our, fa our favorite thing is that he has no excuses. We're not happy that he has that. <laughs> Jeff, I, I didn't mean it that way. But it's inspiring, not not favorite. You never hear it's him inspiring. talk about it. You never hear yeah. him mention it. We actually called and asked him if, if we could say this on. Yeah. Because that's not part of it. It's just like, what the hell? You know, I got to do this stuff. And so the evolution truly from being a guy out working for somebody else to be a guy who's closing on a purchase of a business, which is bigger yeah. than the business he owns, merge them together, is is just staggering. Yeah, it's an, it's really incredible, great guy. Go follow him on social or altcab.com. He does great stuff and yeah. pushthrough.com as well. Uh, my last one uh, is, is another Jeff, Jeff Nowak. He's an electrical contractor uh, I've worked with. And Jeff doesn't even think of himself as going through the evolution, but <laughs> his, uh, his natural tendencies have taken him through. And he is really at the owner level right now, a little bit of manager. Um, he still pays attention to things and, yeah. and goes out and sees things. But it just is, he's just a great entrepreneur. He makes money, he's organized, he's decisive. He doesn't 
take stupid jobs to get to sales. If he can't make money, he's not going to do it. And as a result, he makes a pretty significantly higher percentage income, net profit from the sales that he bring in. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think our, our George Washington for this is probably Jeff. Um, well, we covered them both. We just say Jeff. It's Jeff Finney. <laughs> Jeff Finney. Yeah, I would. I had him on my list, except you got him first. So. Yeah, so he's he's great. And um, shout out to Jeff. I'm sure he'd love to talk to any contractors that um, want to learn or have questions. So, um, yeah, our quote of the day. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday, Martin, and it's "You become what you pay attention to," uh, from John Mark Comer. And several people have quotes along those lines, but. It's so important to be aware of the evolution of business owner because if you're paying attention to that, you will become who, who you, you want become. to become. Yeah. Um, and it really ties into what our one thing is for today that you can actually go and do. And it's literally to just write out your evolution as a business owner, um, yeah, decide, as, as a contractor. Decide where you think we are now. Yeah, go back and reflect, trace your past. You know, what When you were an employee, when you were... Go through each of the stages, employee, self-employed, owner, or manager, owner, whatever, wherever you're at right now, go back and trace your past. What did you want when you were in each of those stages? What accomplishments and milestones did you, did you achieve? Um, what barriers did you overcome? And what difficulties were you having? What were you stressed about? Think about all of those things from the past, because if you'll do that, you'll start to remember, like we talked about in the beginning, you have done something. you've actually done something, you've accomplished a lot, like you are doing a good job. I think it's so important as a contractor, as an owner, to remember all the things that you've accomplished because so much we're just focused on the future and you know our ambitions and what we're striving for that we forget. Um, but then evaluate your present stage, like how are you spending your time right now? What are you really worried about? What are you proud of? What's one thing that if you did it right now would free up the most of your time for you to actually continue to evolve and work on evolving? Uh, really important to evaluate yourself and have a good self-awareness. Um, and then obviously for the future, brainstorm. And as you go through those stages, what do you want for those stages? Do you even want to go onto those stages? How, how are you going to get there? What are the things that you need to, to achieve to be able to get there? What vision do you have for each of those stages? Um, and how long do you think it's going to take? Be realistic. Don't sit here and think, oh, I've got to become an investor tomorrow. Like, no, like how long do you see yourself being in each of these stages realistically? Because that's going to help you to really see that light at the end of the tunnel and understand that it's okay to, to take your time and be patient and be more realistic instead of pressuring yourself and being critical of yourself all the time. So, um, yeah, what, also ask yourself, what is the next step to start evolving today? You know, is it hiring? Is it systems? Is it sales? What, whatever it is, think about those things. So, Martin, we had started with that story of the pool builder, pool service guy. You know, he came to that tipping point. Where, where is he today? Well, it's a work in process. It's not finished yet, but he absolutely has simplified his life, is making more money and more sales. What he did was uh, actually shed a whole line of work, the service work. Um, and brought in a few key employees that helped him with refurbishing and building new pools. Mm -hmm. So he simplified his life by focusing on what he could do, yeah. got help with that. Uh, and so he is successful and he has a platform that he'll be exceedingly successful. He's between manager and owner, more manager than owner, <laughs> but he's headed that way. Yeah. 
That's great. Well, we know that a lot of people out there are evolving, um, and it's good to be aware of how you're evolving. We hope that this has been helpful for you. We'll continue to talk about these things as we continue the podcast, and um, I think it'd be a good idea for us to bring in people at each of the different stages, right? Uh, just to talk more in depth about what it's like. And we've already talked to people that are going that have they're in different stages, but with the intention. We'll definitely have an investor on this afternoon in the next uh, podcast we're recording. Excited about that. So, well, thank you guys. Hope that you guys are finding less stress, more time, and more money as you're evolving into the cash flow contractor. And thanks for joining us. See you, man. Thanks for listening to the cash flow contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com. What's up, Cashflow Contractors? Khalil here. Thank you so much for getting to the end of this episode. It means the world to us that you're listening. Uh, I've got a favor to ask. So we are looking for contractors who would like to have a consult, a free consult with myself and with Martin um, for about 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, we'll basically just ask you questions about your business, about what it's like for you to work as a contractor, and then we will answer any of your questions specific to your business. Then we'll make that a live episode for other contractors to learn from, to engage with. Uh, And we think it's a great way for people to really see clear, uh, specific answers to problems that contractors have. So if that interests you at all, we're not going to share any of your information. Um, You don't even need to say your name on the episode. But I think we want to get some more of these episodes out there. And if you're willing to do that, we've got a link in the show notes that allows you to just submit a form for a consult, then we'll schedule it with you and record it, and we'll put you live on on, uh, the podcast. So if that interests you, please check it out in the show notes. If not, no worries. Or if you know someone else that you think would be interested in it, send it to them. That'd be great. But appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, we hope that you're finding less stress, more time, and more money. Thanks.